With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. It is important to really be clear on, are they really not willing to compromise or is this a boundary that they have that they're upholding? And knowing the difference between the two. And if it's someone who is truly unwilling to compromise, that's where the problem is. But if it's someone who has a boundary, we want to respect their boundaries because we want that respect reciprocated. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, We release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Our quote of the day. All too often, women believe it is a sign of commitment and expression of love to endure unkindness or cruelty, to forgive and forget. In actuality, when we love rightly, we know that the healthy, loving response to cruelty and abuse is putting ourselves out of harm's way. And that quote comes to us from none other than the phenomenal Bell Hooks from her book, All About Love. If you haven't read it, lady, I highly, highly recommend it. So I'm going to read that quote one more time for the folks in the back to really ground up in this conversation. All too often, women believe it is a sign of commitment, an expression of love, to endure unkindness or cruelty, to forgive and forget. In actuality, when we love rightly, we know that the healthy, loving response to cruelty and abuse 
it's putting ourselves out of harm's way. Ooh, see, that's a heavy one. It is. And Domus, we were going through the quotes. I'm glad you chose and you were like, oh yeah, this is the one. Because now after hearing you read it twice, I'm like, this is so fitting for our conversation. That first line is so powerful because baby, girl, how many times have you experienced some toxic shit and you're like, oh, that was so cute or whatever. Like, oh, he's so pressed. Oh, he liked me so much. He loved me so much. And you're like, in hindsight, I should have known. I should have seen it. Should have seen it coming. Lady. Yes, and I've been in that, I've been in that position where I have said the commitment. Yes. Like I'm in it. Yes. So it doesn't matter that it's like I'm, I'm still here despite how he might be mistreating me. He's wounded and so he needs someone to stay with him and I'm going to stay with him. That is doing yourself and that person a disservice. But yeah, let's get into yes, it. Let's get into it. So what we're going to do, lady, go ahead and get your group chat started. Let your, la- let your girls know what's about to go down. Get your glass of wine or water, whatever you're sipping on, and let's get into this conversation. So one, I want to read a couple of these tweets that kind of give us examples of subtle red flags that don't seem big initially. It's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. maybe, but it's actually problematic. And it's usually a sign to something bigger and more detrimental is on the horizon. So one of the examples here that Libra Coded shared on Twitter is using words like your little when it comes to me, right? So it might be, oh, your little degrees or your little friends or your little car. It's like you hate her. Like why you hate what you hating for? Like that's not cute at all. Like I not to at me, all. That, that, is condescend- a, that condescension. No, huge red flag. Another one says when we can say now isn't the right time to talk about X, Y, Z, but with every other time we don't. And the man is able to do all the things in this thread in peace. So whether it's cheat or whatever it might be. So like you want to bring up something that they've done and it's like, oh, now isn't a good time, but it's never a good time to revisit it and talk about accountability, right? I think about, Don, do you have any off the top of your head? Like before we get into the real juicy ones that for the episode? You know, I think about when you said the word trying, right? Mm-hmm. Like them not having, t- not because you say, okay, let's have a talk that they don't mm-hmm. have time, but you want to go and do something as a couple, right? Like mm-hmm. you're trying to spend time. There's never any time for the things that you want to do, mm-hmm. but when it's something that they want, Oh, we're we're available. We're gonna make it happen. That's a to good me, one. that's a subtle sign of disrespect, and this yes. is not gonna be a healthy relationship. That is so good. I would agree with that one. Also, I would say when the actions really don't match the words, like the words sound amazing. You're like, oh my god, oh god. But then you're like, wait, you literally didn't do anything that you said. Or another one says rude and uncalled for comments followed by, I'm just joking. Like no. I'm gonna fucking, you wasn't joking. You meant what oh, you yes. said. That, that, that comes in, that's one of our, that is one of our red flags of like, yeah, even in a teasing way, they are like, and sometimes it, how you know it moves from being subtle to it really is like, this is obvious, mm-hmm. is they only hit you with the I'm joking 
after they see your hurt response. Mm-hmm. So yes. that they really were teasing, they would have indicated that originally, Before, right? Yeah. And I think, and I want to be clear that teasing, is, it happens. Like, we tease. Mm-hmm. However, there are ways in which you can tease someone and it's not, it's, it's not putting them down. Yeah. I'm making that and face I think, down. Mm-hmm. I think that the thing also is that the teasing goes both ways. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, and it's not about things that you might be sensitive about. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a good one. And then if you respond and say, like, you give feedback that the teasing isn't, like, this joking around is not, you're not with it? Yes. In a healthy dynamic, that person will respond accordingly. They'll stop, yes, right? exactly. But if that person doesn't stop and they keep it going, and in most instances, when you have an unhealthy dynamic or potentially abusive dynamic, mm-hmm. that person actually amps up the teasing. Oh, absolutely. They're like, oh, I'm going to definitely lean into your insecurities. You don't like that I say this? Okay, I'm going to do it even yep. more to make you insecure so I can isolate you and all the other things. So, lady, what we're going to do is we're going to share additional subtle red flags, right, that don't seem big, that are actually problematic. And then we're going to dive into why we ignore red flags. You really got to stay tuned for that part because you're probably going to resonate with that. And then Dom and I are going to jump into the after show and we're going to talk about how to forgive yourself, okay? How do we forgive ourselves when we don't notice the red flags or we do and we think they're cute initially and then they don't turn out to be cute. And then it's like, how do I find myself in this position? So lady, real quick, if you want to tune into the after show, go to herspacepodcast.com, click on Patreon, Wisdom Wednesday with Terry, and that'll give you access to the after show once you become a patron. So Dom, let's get into this conversation. All right. So we already talked about some of the ones that we've seen on Twitter. We talked about the team thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, we, most of us, when we are getting to know someone new, we have a conversation about past relationships, right? Because that gives you information about who they are, who, who they might be interested in, what lessons they've learned. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of information there, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're having this conversation about past relationships, and they describe all of their exes as crazy, then we got a problem. That is definitely a red flag that you want to watch out for, and you want to walk away. Because the thing is, is that even if this person isn't isn't abusive, at a minimum, they are emotionally immature. Mm-hmm. Because all of us should be at a point where we can acknowledge and take responsibility for our role within the dissolution of a relationship. Yeah. And we should also be able to talk about our excellence. There is no way that you are a healthy person and every single one of your exes is crazy. Mm-hmm. You may have a few because you might have been going through something. You may have been trying to do your own healing. 
and not really healing in those moments, in those relationships. But there is no way that every single one of your exes is quote-unquote crazy and you're the same one. Hey lady, it's Terry here. Dom and I want to take a moment to thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast. We love you for real and we want to give you a chance to learn more about what's important to us. So tell us what you think about this. Imagine a world where you have a chance to get featured on the Cultivating Her Space podcast and share your business, brand, or perspective with millions around the globe. Imagine joining our monthly virtual video check-ins where you can connect with like-minded Black women like you and share your ideas and episode suggestions with Terry and I. Now I want you to imagine a world where you're in the exclusive Cultivating Her Space Sanctuary Slack channel and throughout your day and week, you are conversing with us about what's happening in your life and sharing funny gifts and your personal wins. How does that sound? Hopefully this is up your alley, lady, because we are taking things to the next level this year and we're doubling down on investing in our community. That means you. Yay! We want to meet you, connect with you, and create communities of genuine women who love on Black women and push our culture and movement forward. We launched this podcast in 2019, and to date, we have not missed a week. We've been great stewards of our platform, all while working full-time and navigating our own ups and downs. We release fresh new content every single Friday, like clockwork, and we have hundreds of valuable episodes and workshops that can really help you uplevel your life. So if you love our mission or you've gotten value from us, we invite you to give back and help us push this community effort forward. Visit herspacepodcast.com and click Patreon. You can learn more about our goals and exclusive offerings on Patreon. And we highly, highly encourage you to join the Sister Frontier so that you can get some one-on-one time with us. We also have an option for you to donate on a one-time basis if that meets your needs. Again, herspacepodcast.com and you can click that link that says Patreon. All right, lady. We'll hop right back into the conversation. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's not likely. And the other thing I noticed too, Dom, is when this is the case, right? If this, if someone is, you know, saying, oh, my, oh, my ex is crazy. They did this, they did that. What you'll probably also notice down the line, if you haven't noticed it already, is that that person is a blamer. They blame everyone else. It's always yeah. someone else. It's like, God yeah. damn, it's never you. Like, you're just, you're just perfect. It's never you. Like, you never do anything wrong. You're never the cause of anything. And having a theme of not taking responsibility and not holding yourself accountable is huge. I mean, that's going to yeah. cause so many issues in the relationship, right? So definitely look out for that, lady. I would say the next one is rushing into moving the relationship forward, right? So you just meet and it, you know... It's kind of flattering because they always want to talk to you. They always want to hang out. They're like, you know, flat. It's just, they're flattering you, right? They're giving you the compliments, buying you gifts. It low-key might feel like love bombing, right? Because everything is just moving so fast. It feels so perfect. And a lot of times that shit don't last long at all. It's not even a honeymoon phase. It's literally just like a love bombing phase. And then shit just starts changing up, right? So if they're trying to move really fast and you're like, damn, I don't even know enough about you. It should give you pause, you know? Yes. And I want to be clear, too. I want to clarify because we use the word love bombing a lot. Like, we, mm-hmm. we hear it a lot in yes. 
in pop psychology. And I want to be clear, there truly are people out there that are in healthy relationship dynamics where you have a honeymoon phase, where you do naturally want to spend mm-hmm. a lot of time with that person. Like I, w- I want people to understand that that is normal when you are really liking someone. And that wanting, there's a difference between though, wanting to spend a lot of time with the person and demanding that you spend a lot of time with that person, right? Okay. So you meet someone and you hit it off and you're like, oh my gosh, he is this. Oh, he is everything, right? Mm-hmm. It, you're going to want to spend time with them. But the reality is, lady, you have a life mm-hmm. outside of this person. And while you may want to spend a lot of time, all of your time with them, because you are just so in like and in love, like it's just all out the so hard good. eyes. Like it is just yes. oh, so amazing. So and we amazing. love that for you. We want mm-hmm. that for you, right? In a healthy dynamic, even in the honeymoon phase, you have time for you. Yes. And they have time for them. And then you have time together. And they want that for you. That's a healthy dynamic, right? And, and so if they, but if they are pushing that you all move towards, oh, we should be exclusive, right? After like a couple of weeks. Or after a couple of months, it you should think about moving in together, right? Oh, Lord, don't do it. Don't do it. Trust, trust your gut. Yes. If your gut is saying this feels too soon, because I also want to, I also want to acknowledge that there are times where it feels right. Yes, and it and is you, right. And it is right. Yes. You yes. know, trust, trust your gut. Because for somebody, one person's two months where we literally talked all day, every day, like every fair moment we had, we mm-hmm. were given to this other person, might be someone else's two months, might be we have seen each other twice in the course of those two months, talked every other day. And so the, the quantity and the quality are different. Yes. So I wouldn't attach myself to the number. I would attach myself to the quality. Mm-hmm. Come on, Don. I, I, I was triggered. I said, don't do it. I'm triggered. Because most of the stories <laughs> I hear when you meet somebody and it's a couple months and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm moving. It, it goes to hell. So, yes, lady, follow, do what Don said, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's the quality. It's the quality yes. versus the number, the quantity. Yes. So... The next one that you want to look for are those initial signs of gaslighting. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's these initial signs that are hard to miss because usually it's they're subtly getting you to question yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are you sure that's how that happened? Because that's not how I remember it. Little things like that, like to like just it's just subtle enough. Yeah. To make you pause. It's not outright egregious. Just enough to like to get you to pause and question yourself. Those are the, the those are like the initial stages. Yep. That we often miss. It's like 
once we're fully in it and fully being gaslit, we can feel it, right? Yes. But that initial, oftentimes, that initial, well, are you sure that's how that happened? That's not how I remember it. You might have a quick little tinge, a quick little like inkling, like this don't feel right. Mm-hmm. But we push it off, right? Yeah. And so it's not as it because and because it might be the first or the second turn, it's not as urgent or pressing in our body, so we can easily miss it or ignore it. Yes, it's so easy to do that. And lady, the thing about what I would encourage you to do because I think this has worked really well for me is. When you're meeting a new person, journal, like journal about how they make you feel, reflect Mm -hmm. on the conversation, reflect on how you feel in those moments. And when you think about the gaslighting, that's like the subtle, the initial stages of it, right? Contradicting feelings. So they're making a joke and you don't like it. You're hurt. And they're like, oh, you're too sensitive. I was just joking, right? Or they're trivializing your experiences or they have selective memory like Don was sharing. Like those are little things where it's like, I should probably pause here, right? You think about like withholding information and creating doubt in your perception, all those little things, projecting insecurities. Take notes initially so that you can kind of reflect back on them and see those patterns and also think about how does it make you feel? And if you're providing feedback to the person, but it's continuing to happen and you notice that this is just kind of part of who they are and there's not a real desire to change, we got to make some moves. Yep. Yep. And next, that takes us to derogatory comments about groups of people, right? So this person, I mean, just be mindful of how they're treating other women, other humans, how they're treating just people in general, because a lot of times how they treat other people is usually going to be how they end up treating you at some point, right? In the beginning, it might be roses and sunshine, but I'm always the person, Dom, that looks out for how does someone treat the wait staff, right? I love to see how people treat people who I'm using air quotes, who they think can't do anything for them, right? Or yes. people who are yes. in, I want to say levels, they have job levels that society often takes for granted or doesn't respect mm-hmm. as much because it's very telling. Like, how, how do you treat the person that's experiencing homelessness, right? That's just minding their business on the side of the, on the side of the street, whatever it might be, right? Those things really matter. So just pay attention to that as well. Yep. I, yeah, I think that, that that says a lot about them. I think often, too, when you think about, like, if you were in a interracial or interreligion or there's some, like, difference between your identity, pay attention to what they say about that in the group that you are part of, right? So, you know, most of our listeners here, we're Black women, right? Let's say that you are dating a non-black man and this man says something derogatory about black people. Is that who you really want to date? Is that who you really want to be with? If you are in a heterosexual relationship and your partner says something that's homophobic or transphobic, is this someone and you and, and you know that you don't agree with them, right? Is this someone that you want to be in a relationship with? There is, there is a high likelihood that if they are saying something derogatory 
or even doing something, saying or doing something harmful, not about people, but to another person, mm-hmm. there's a high likelihood that they will treat you and engage with you in the same way. So you want to watch out for that. Yes. Something else to watch out for is when they disregard or try to push your boundaries, right? Oh, child. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I was talking to this man and I noted, like, we all know how I am about my sleep. And I stressed everyone else the importance about sleep. Mm-hmm. And you're having a good sleep routine. And I was talking to this man who started making jokes about my sleep routine. So that goes up to that goes up to one of the things that we mentioned, right? Like teasing. And he would then try to, we would get on the phone, and he would then try to keep me on the phone. Past the time that I said I needed to be off the phone, right? Intentionally. And it was like, oh, you know, oh, I know I only got five minutes before it's time for you to, before it's time for you to get off, right? Mm-hmm. If I wasn't in a healthy space, I would have heard that and would have said, oh, well, it's okay. It's okay. We're having a good time. We can keep talking, right? Mm-hmm. But I was very clear because I was in a healthy space. Very clear on, yeah, you're right. Thank you for noticing. We do only have five more minutes. So, like, is there anything else that we really want to talk about before we get off? <laughs> yes. Because yes. you don't respect these boundaries. Okay. And if you don't, then it is up to me to say, I'm the enforcer of my own boundaries. So, it's up to me to say, okay, I'm out. Because you can't, not only are you not respecting the boundaries, but you're also teasing me about the boundaries. Mm-hmm. that's a problem. I want to say something about boundaries, Dom, and then I'm going to go back to the teasing statement really quickly. So when it comes to boundaries, another thing I think about is, all right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned to get those promo codes and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month. And it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans. And it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama 
to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott. There's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the rich black auntie. It was good. Now, you know, black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The things that kind of seem cute initially, right? Depending on who yes. you are, it may seem cute. So we're like, oh, you know. I'm taking some personal time for myself. And then, you know, you're you're taking your personal time and they're constantly hitting you up, right? So in some ways, it may initially, you still have the butterflies, it's the honeymoon phase. It may be flattering, but then it, after a moment, it's like, didn't I, t- I tell you I was taking some personal time? Why are you constantly still texting me, right? Or, you know, maybe you're in the online dating scene and you don't give your number out. So you're telling someone like, oh, I don't give my number out or I don't send pictures, something like that. That like one, pressing. that's a common one. Yeah, they're pressing like, well, give me your number. Like, I, it's like that right there. That in exchange should be a huge. It seems subtle, but it should be a huge red flag because that's probably going to come up in other areas, right? Maybe yep. let's just fast forward to a whole another scenario. There's something sexually that you don't want to do, and so you're like, I'm not interested in doing this. But they're pushing for it, and you're like, Yep, I tell you, you know what I mean. So things like that are always going to be sort of the tip of the iceberg. And then once you get beneath, you're like, God damn, it's a whole lot of red flags down here. So that part, exactly. right? But John, I wanted to go back to what we talked about, what we said about teasing, because I know in some of my relationships and from people that I know, sometimes teasing can sort of be this flirty, sort of witty banter that you have with one another. So I feel like, lady, you just use your gut and intuition because sometimes it can be playful. It can be, the yes. way that you just sort of relate to someone, but then there are times I can I can in my personal experience can denote the difference between the two. There's a playful yes. banter that's like flirty and like okay you talking shit, but it's like it's cute and we playing around like this. And there's another part where it's like that was just mean or like that was just rude and disrespectful. And then when you give them feedback, they continue to do it. So definitely go with your intuition and think about what's comfortable for you because a playful you know witty banter for us, might be a hard no for you. So it really does depend on what makes you feel comfortable, right? Yes, it does. And it go, and you know, I think it's, as you're getting to know someone, it's like the frequent checking in to see, yes. is this okay? Yeah. Right? Because like, I'll do that with friends. I'll say like, 
I just want to check in. Was that yeah? Was that okay? Because I know we're we're going back and forth, and it, and it, on my end, it feels cool. Like we're fun, mm-hmm. we're good. But let me just double check because I know this might be a sensitive spot. So let me just double check that yeah. we're we're still good. You're still okay. And so it's it's important to, as you're getting to know a person to solicit that feedback. So that you're, they're providing you with the feedback on how you're coming across, how you're engaging, and they're able to actually receive feedback as well. Amen to that. And speaking of feedback, we're going to dive right into the next one here, which is someone that's not willing to compromise. I think that when you think about this particular red flag, it depends on who you are, where you are in life, right? You might see this as, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of like a heterosexual relationship, right? In this moment, but oh, you know, he's not willing to compromise. He wants to be the man. He wants to be in control. It might be sexy to you. You might think initially like, oh, he wants to choose the restaurant or he wants to choose the activity. But I think the longer you go into the relationship, you'll see that there's like an imbalance of power. So it's like never, you can never do anything you want to do, right? It shows that they're also potentially inflexible. They might have some communication issues. They might be self-centered, right? Lack of teamwork, right? Your relationship should be a team effort. So lack of teamwork, I would also say stifling your growth, right? Because what if you have right. an opportunity to, I don't know, go do something that enhances your professional career, but because they don't want to compromise and maybe they don't want to relocate or they don't want to support you, that could just be, it could just cause a lot of issues. So be mindful of that one. Hey, hey, lady, we hope you're enjoying this conversation. We just wanted to pause for a moment and give a shout out to one of our sponsors as they're the ones making this show possible. Now, you know us, we only endorse products and services that we personally use and genuinely love. Now, with that said, I don't know about you, but next summer, I'm trying to be outside looking fine, okay? So I'm in the gym a few times a week working on my body. But you know what they say, abs are made in the kitchen. And that's why Dom and I are excited to introduce a fantastic option for you. Raise your hand if you want to eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Is that you? If so, lady, you have to try Factor. It's America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. Dama's going to tell you a bit more about what you can expect, but first, let me tell you about my latest meal. Now, lady, I'm trying to be mindful about what I'm putting into my body, especially after I overindulged on Thanksgiving. No judgment. We can talk about it later, okay? Tonight, I had Factor's garlic and herb roasted mushrooms with olive oil mashed potatoes, roasted green beans, and tomatoes. And when I tell you it was so good and extremely easy to prepare, lady, you can literally just throw it in the microwave for two to three minutes. I personally love to put it on the stove in my stainless steel pan and saute it for a couple minutes and literally you're ready to go. I even ordered smoothies that are ready to go. The strawberry banana smoothie is top tier. Lady, you have to try it for yourself. With Factor, you'll save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Ask me how I know. When it comes to meal prepping, Factor has got you covered. You order your meals a week in advance You have over 35 options to choose from that meet whatever dietary needs you might have. And everything is high quality and delicious. 
So whether you are looking for calorie smart, vegan and veggie, keto, protein plus, you name it, they've got it. And get this, the calorie smart meals are less than 550 calories per serving. Still will fill you up and still taste good. So lady, if you are looking to cut down on time during this holiday season, sign up for Factor today. Head on over to factormeals.com slash herspace50 and use code herspace50 to get 50% off. Again, that's code herspace50 at factormeals.com slash herspace50 to get 50% off. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, and I think to add on to that is being clear on the difference between them not compromising and them having their own boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because there may be times where there is something that we want that might push against a boundary for them. And we don't want to be the person who then becomes the abuser, mm-hmm. right? And so if we communicate a need or a want that we have and they're like, this violates my boundary, right? So we'll go back to my example of like my bed part, right? Now, so let's say that my partner is the person with the bedtime. I mean, actually, we both should have a bedtime, but anyway, let me, I digress. So in this example, my partner's bedtime is 10 o'clock. And there's a movie, no, not a movie, because whatever. All right. There's a concert <laughs> that we're trying to go to, right? Mm-hmm. Concert's not going to end until 10, 30, 11. And I really want to go see this artist, right? Partner is like, he's like, nah, fam, I, I know I got a long day the next day. 10 mm-hmm. o'clock is it. So I'm not going to hold it against him. I'm not going to look at this situation as a red flag that he's not Mm -hmm. willing to compromise in his moment because it's been something that I really want to do. I'm going to look at it as he has a boundary. He wants to uphold his boundary. I'm going to respect his boundary and I'm going to reach out to one of my girlfriends and be like, say, so-and-so is coming to town. Like, let's, can we, you want you down to go? Yes. And I'm going to go with one of my girlfriends. Yep. I'm glad you brought that point up, Dom. So I think it is, yeah, it is important to really be clear on are they really not willing to compromise or is this a boundary that they have that they're upholding? Mm-hmm. And knowing the difference between the two. And if it's someone who is truly unwilling to compromise, yeah, that's where the problem is. But if it's someone who has a boundary, we want to respect their boundaries because we want that respect reciprocated. So then this brings us to our last subtle red flag. Frequent lying. And when we say frequent lying, Lord help us. This is the person who lies about everything to everybody. Yes. Yes. Like it's. 
it's just outrageous. Like, mm-hmm. and it may seem little at first. This is why we call it a subtle red flag, right? Like, it may seem little. So, like, they're lying at their job. Okay. Yeah. You know, everybody has lied at their job a time or two. Shit. But if they regularly are lying at their job, one, that shows a sign that they might be irresponsible. But two, what else are they now lying about? Like, where else are they lying? How often have they lied to you about something small? And if they're frequently lying about something small, then that means chances are they are also lying about the big stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is someone who you eventually, even if they are not physically abusive, there's a high likelihood that this person may become emotionally abusive or there may be a lot of infidelity. Yeah. And definitely gaslighting is on the horizon because if they, in order to keep up with their lies, they're going to have to try to have you doubt your reality. So that's why writing stuff down is really helpful when you're like, right here, like just write, start writing it down. I I remember doing that with my girlfriend back in the day when we were both in some toxic ass relationships. And we were like, wait, girl, I have to make sure that I'm not going like local. Like I need to write stuff down so I can track because this young person said one thing and then, you know what I mean? So yes, frequent lying, definitely look out for that. Now, what we want to do now, lady, before we jump into the after show and talk about how to forgive yourself, if you may miss a red flag or you might think, oh, that was cute, but then it's not cute. We're going to talk about why we ignore the red flags, right? So let's jump into the first one. And this is optimism bias, right? And so I think as a forever optimist, this is definitely one that I have experienced because I think sometimes we tend to not, we tend to believe that negative things won't happen to us or they're less likely mm-hmm. to happen to us. And because we may be so positive and have good intentions, we believe that everyone else does as well. And so a lot of times this can cause us to overlook warning signs, right? Because like, that person wouldn't do that. Like, I would never do that to someone. So they wouldn't do it. Mm-mm. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans. And it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, 
and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truth. What I love most about Black Stories, Black Truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the Rich Black Auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. We have to. That we don't have mean, to literally. Not at all. We, I think it's so, so wise sometimes to literally have a little sheet of paper and have one side, the things they say, the things they do, and just go back and forth. Because if it doesn't match up, it doesn't match up, and it is what it is, and you may just need to move on, right? So I think that's one, another way that we can overcome optimism bias. What do you have to say about optimism bias, Dom? I think that it's hard that like they're... That we generally, if you are generally wanting to be an optimistic, positive person, mm-hmm. that it is natural to want to fear good in people. And it is easy to succumb to, oh, like, I'm going to ignore all these negative things because overall they're a good person. Sometimes, again, it's like quality versus quantity. Sometimes those few negative things truly outweigh any of the positive things that they're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. And so you want, you want to check yourself and like be mindful of that. And I think that kind of leads us to the second thing is that like, like people who, who tend to be, want to really be steeped in optimism tend to avoid confrontation because that's the opposite or we perceive it to be the opposite of being an optimistic person and looking at the good in folks. Because if you're having a confrontation, then that means there's something negative happening there, right? Mm -hmm. But that's the perception. Mm -hmm. Having, it doesn't have to be a confrontation. It could be a conversation. Albeit pretty difficult, but it's still a conversation. It doesn't have to lead to a confrontation. 
And so I think when we allow ourselves to avoid what we anticipate being a difficult conversation, we ignore the red flags because if we, uh, if we look at the red flag head on, we would be forced to address it and addressing it would mean having a difficult conversation with the other person. And yes. some, something that I have learned over time is that oftentimes the things that we type up in our head as being difficult does not have to be that difficult as we're hyping it up to be in our head. It may be uncomfortable. But on the other side of that, the peace and the relief that we feel, in my opinion, far outweighs what happens when we avoid. Bottom down, I just want to add that there's, there can be a lot of discomfort associated with addressing issues in a relationship, especially when it's a new relationship. And sometimes I think we don't want to seem like we're being extra or we don't want yeah. to seem like we're making something a big deal because in our minds, sometimes I don't know about you, but sometimes I've definitely like gaslit myself where I'm like, no, my intuition is telling me something. And I'm like, oh, it wasn't even that big of a deal. They didn't mean it like that. Like I'm saying, you know, mm-hmm. kind of making you excuses. Didn't, you didn't, you didn't, no, nah, you didn't really see. That's not what really happened, girl. You That's know, not what really not, happened. Yes, definitely have done that before. But what I think we can do in situations like that is lean into curiosity. Instead of blaming someone, yep. instead of, I lo- that's my favorite thing to do when it comes to conflict resolution. And what that looks like is asking a simple question. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I noticed that you did this. Tell me more about that. Or, you know, what happened here earlier? Just to get more context, because a lot of times when you ask that open-ended question, they're going to tell on themselves or you'll see that stuff just doesn't add up anyway. And right. then it can kind of help you present a bigger case for why you they block their ass, right? Or why you need right. to end or the relationship. Or you just gotta go. Right. Or you just gotta go. Because sometimes ghosting is appropriate, especially when you're protecting your mental health. And we have an episode about yes. ghosting. So go yes. check that and out. And I love that. <laughs> I love that curiosity piece of like, I like yeah. to, a frequent thing that I like to do is I'll say, I just want to clarify. Like, can I clarify? Because I want to make sure I'm understanding it. Mm-hmm. And then I say what I'm th- what I understood it to be and then give that person space to correct it or not. I love that too, Don, because when you clarify, I'm sure a lot of times you know the shit was sound like some BS. And then when they hear it back, it gives, like you said, it gives them a chance to clarify. Like, oh, no, no, that's what I meant. And then you could be like, oh, okay. So I'm oh, definitely, that is? Oh, we I'm out. out. Mm-hmm. like we out, huh? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's all I needed. Thanks, mm-hmm. no thanks. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. So our next one here, lady, is... Oh, it's low self-esteem and confidence and just not feeling good about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that it happens to the best of us. I've been there yeah. plenty I've of times in my journey. And I feel like there's still some things I'm working through now. So Liddy, don't beat yourself up. We're going to talk more about yeah. how to forgive yourself in the after show. But when it comes to this one here, I think about situations in my life where I didn't feel very good about myself. And so I tolerated red flags, right? Like, I yeah. don't know if I'm up in your driveway, right? But there have definitely been times where you know, sometimes, no judgment, sometimes a warm body is better than nobody. Whether the warm body is being yeah. toxic as fuck or something else, right? Sometimes we're just in that phase in life. And so we have to be real with ourselves about that. Sometimes we're yeah. just excited to have attention and to have someone paying us attention, having someone really? flattering really? us. Even if we know deep down, like, that's some bullshit. 
This ain't right. right. This like ain't something. it. Mm-hmm. But I like the way it feels. But I like the way it feels. I like the way it makes me feel. You know? And sometimes yeah. we're just in that phase. And so I think that's another reason why we might ignore a red flag, right? Mm-hmm. Or we might not even like the way it makes us feel. Mm-hmm. Like we might be in it and we might be like, this shit don't even feel right. Mm-hmm. But but uh, but I'm but I'm here. Yeah. And like you said, it's a warm body. And maybe, maybe they're paying my bills. Maybe they're doing other acts of service around my house that make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Doing acts things that I might. Oh. Acts of service <laughs> meaning. Uh-huh. Not, not acts of service not ladies, let, okay. don't, don't get me wrong. Acts of service like, but it could be around my house. Acts of service. It could be that they are performing tasks around the house that like hanging up my artwork or okay. putting together my furniture. The mm-hmm. things that I know how to do, yes. but it's so much easier to have so a nice else. strong man come and do that yes. for me. You know, like yes. and built, and so we like put up with things mm-hmm. because we are in a we are in a space of not feeling good about ourselves. Yeah, or, and or wanting the attention, and but then also that leads us to the last reason why we ignore red flags is. What we call the investment bias. Ultra. So I might not feel good about this person, like, or being with this person does not make me feel good. But I've invested five, 10, 20 years. And that's a lot of damn time. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to my single friends, they don't have it good out here in these dating streets. I hear the dating streets is trash, so I'm going to stick with it because I've been in it for so long and I don't want to start over. Mm-hmm. That part. That part. Okay, that's a mic drop right there. This reminds me of the, I think it's called the sunk cost fallacy, right? Where people are hesitant to give up something or to move on, even it, because they invested so heavily into it, even right. if it's not serving them anymore, right? So it makes me think about right. when you start reading a book or you're watching a movie, you're like, this is kind of, mm-hmm, I don't really like it, but I already, damn, I'm already 45 minutes in. I might as well just go the next you know, hour and a half just to finish it because I'm already, you know what I mean? And I think I see that so many times in relationships as well. And lady, just know like, it's never too late to start over. It's never too right. late, especially when you're not happy especially when you're not being fulfilled, especially when you're being disrespected or someone is just always has excuses for the same, oh shit, y'all been talking about this for 10 years and the same thing is going on like, or five years, whatever the time is, right? Like don't let that keep you in something that is not, is not keeping you happy because life is too precious. Life is not promised, right? It can be short, right? For some people. And so just really think about looking at the relationship objectively. And again, pulling out your pen and paper, because sometimes you got to see that, you got to see that thing visually and be like, wait a second. The math ain't math. Yes, thing. Like, mm-hmm. It ain't math. math. Step up, take a, take a look at it and be like, Mm-mm, hold up. You know what I mean? So 
I don't know, Dom, anything else that we should talk about? Because, lady, we're going to jump into the after show soon. I just, you know, I think the biggest thing that I can't, like, I can't emphasize this enough is to listen to your gut. Listen to your gut. And then also pay attention to, like, when you do eventually, because I recognize that for some people, when it's early on, we don't bring this person around anybody. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm one of those people. Yeah. And so, but when you start bringing your new person around people that you know and love and trust, mm-hmm. and multiple people are saying, I don't know about this one. Don't let your pride keep you in something that not only the people around you are saying isn't good, but in your gut, in your body, you know this is not a healthy dynamic for you. It is always okay to walk away. Mm-hmm. That's a good word right there. Cause I, it happens to the best of us, lady. We got you though. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I do want to say one more, one final thing though. Cause I also want to acknowledge that sometimes, lady, when you are in an, when you are in a relationship where there are lots of red flags, you might, and you have ignored all the red flags, those subtle red flags, and you're dealing with the big red flags. Lady, if you find yourself in an abusive situation, it is always okay to walk away. And there are resources out there that can help you navigate leaving that situation. And we'll be sure to put some resources in the show notes on how to leave an abusive relationship safe. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at herspacepodcast.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Every dream within me exists because it's possible. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.